Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Fiber New Podcast. On this podcast, we sat down with Paul Jingra. Now, Paul is probably someone you know. Um, you've probably spoken to him on the phone, perhaps met him at a past seminar or convention, or you may just know him by legend. Paul's been with Fiber New since 1986. He started as a technician and then soon after purchased his own franchise and immediately began building the business, adding technician after technician to at one point having 12 in total. And he had dozens and dozens and dozens of businesses that he built longstanding relationships with and worked for for many, many years. Now, Paul and I sat down on a Sunday morning after a recent Las Vegas seminar, and it was a great conversation, one that I'm sure you're going to find valuable. We talked about adding technicians and Paul shares some ideas on what he finds to be the best place to find technicians. He talked about assigning and delegating tasks to those technicians and just the concept of letting go. He talked about having fun with doing business introductions and sales calls and he shares some pretty funny stories about things that he used to do to drum up business and get the attention of managers and like in new businesses that he wanted to do work with. And he always talks about the concept of assuming the sale. This is one that I think is really powerful. It's one that says, anyone you introduce your business to, you know that eventually they're gonna need your service. So having said that, you can assume the sale and it may not happen the first time you talk to them or the second or third or fourth. It may happen well down the line, but just knowing that eventually they will need your service and that you can help them at some point, does a lot to change the psyche of the concept of doing sales calls. And we wrap the conversation up with Paul's idea on having a vision for your business. And it's about the school of thought of planning your work and then working your plan. So I hope you stick around to the end of the podcast because that was a really good tidbit. Okay, I hope you enjoy. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to put them below the podcast. Cheers, guys. Here we are in uh, in Las Vegas. We just came off a seminar yesterday, and uh, here we are the morning after, bright sunny Sunday morning, looking out over the desert from our balcony window here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're here to uh, talk with Mr. Paul Jingra. Paul, thanks for sitting down. Good morning. Yeah, yeah. my pleasure. I'm feeling good. Not like I have to jump off that balcony this morning. Okay, good. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> so. Um, I want to talk about a few things with you today. Uh, we're, we're going to look at some support type stuff because that that's your, your primary role here at, at Fiber New and some of the things that you end up discussing with franchisees. And then also want to talk about your experience in operating technicians um, and some of the things that you did to you know bring them on board, train them, operate them, all that kind of stuff. But before we really get into it, let's just talk about your background and history. Um, so when did you start your fiber new business? Well, I um, first was introduced to fiber new in 1986 um, and I started working for them uh, as a technician um, in Toronto in, in Toronto yeah. so and I was living in I was living uh, I was living in the country in between like in the uh, near near Ottawa. Okay, uh, so I was commuting to Toronto. I would leave 
I would leave the house about 4 a.m., uh, drive to Toronto, work the Toronto area, and then drive home on Friday night. Crazy. Uh, yeah. I so, didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> good <laughs> how times. Long, how long did you do that for? <laughs> uh, I did that for about six months, um, and then uh, decided that um, uh, that was uh, not the way that I was going to continue. Like, uh, I, I just couldn't see that. Uh, scenario yeah, that's working. not a long-term scenario for right. sure and um i wanted to um and i wanted to uh get this business going because i, I just uh, I, I couldn't believe the the potential that was in front of me um and the opportunities that were that were there and i liked that it was on the basically the grassroots level um so i sold my house i quit my i had um quit my job and I sold my house um, and I um, bought the Ottawa franchise um, and uh, just started and started right away uh, hitting cool. the cart. Like back then it was it was mostly a um, automotive related service to, uh, that we were we had so <clears throat> I was hitting all the car dealers and the way I started was very much similar to the way uh, the apprenticeship program and the reboot program is. Started with the small little dealerships, um, where they they always had work, and if you could if you could find the right price point, which was easy because you really didn't know what the price points were. There at the were time. no price points. There really, were no yeah. price points. Um, but and you get your feet wet with those because. It doesn't, and what I learned from them quickly is it doesn't matter where your price starts when you talk price with it with a, a small dealer, yeah. um, it's always too high, right? So, by default, by default, yeah. it's just it's the process. Um, so once I what I liked about working, um, with the small little independent dealerships, these were not dealerships that were. Uh, like not the larger car dealerships, the the brand names. These were just the little independent, Atlantic Avenue used cars. The ones, here. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they didn't have a big budget for for repairs, but they always had work. And what was interesting about it is, they always had a like. You'd look at the. They'd open up the side of the seat, the side of the door, the door, and you would look at the seat, and there's a, a you know a, a 12, 14 inch cut. Um, so you would repair it, and th what was nice is they weren't looking for perfection. They were just looking to, you know, they want to move the car. They just want to move the car. Yeah. They just wanted, they just didn't want that. So you 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 get to get to really hone your skills that way. And then as I, then when I would move up to the next level of dealership, um, I remember being absolutely shocked when they opened up a door to show me a damage. And the seat, uh, the side of a seat, and it's a half inch cut. And I'm looking. Going, I thought you hit the jackpot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I get to charge more. Right. So, um, but you wouldn't want to. I never wanted to start there because I didn't want to. Um, I wanted to make sure that my skill level was at least acceptable. Um, and I was going up against competition at the time. So, um, but. That's basically how we got started into this business, um, and I think it was—I was three or four months uh, into it before I hired my first technician. 
because okay. I've quickly realized that I cannot handle the um, checking all of the all of the used car lots or all of the the car lots. I, I actually by in three months I had kind of moved up to um, to a higher level of, of car dealership, right. um, but I didn't want to. I still wanted to keep the the, the smaller dealers that I yeah. I'd started with. Right. Um, so I figured I would get somebody in to look after that. To look after that. Okay. Cool. Um, and then after that, um, as we as business was growing, um, I wanted to get into the. Um, uh, I was getting more demand and more questions about doing furniture, but <clears throat> I never really saw it at the time as something that was going to be as lucrative as the automotive market. So I figured, well, I don't have time for it. Okay. So I'll bring somebody in to try to, um, to, to go after that, that part of the market. We'll see how big it gets. Well, that part of the market got as big as the automotive market. Um, and then as time went on, we started getting, uh, demand for in the, in the, um, uh, medical sector and again I didn't have time so I would brought somebody into part-time to um, go after the medical part uh, and within within a year they were doing that full-time wow. um, so there's there's a huge huge demand for our service and what I like about this business is we can you can't in, in the way I see it you can't you can't run this franchise and do all of the parts by yourself. It's like right. I, I know that that's one thing you you stick to is that you know put people in specialized areas of, of the business and let them take care of it. And I guess that's just you know you just inherited that from what you just described, where you had a technician taking care of used cars, you had mm -hmm. a technician looking after medical, one after houses, furniture, residential. Um, how did that work over the years? You know, I mean, was that was that a, a formula that worked for you, or did you adapt and shift? Or well, it was always adapting and shifting. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, it, it it was it was working where we could we could expand into new markets. Yeah. Um, and because I would look for people that had an interest um, in in uh, in pursuing a, a you know a certain market, or I would. Um, as I was going along, I found that I wanted to test the um, I, I looked for work ethic in people, so I, sure. I would find that I would start them as as um, general labor, and then you know show them how to clean a sofa or, or yeah. you know how to pull staples and things like that, yeah. and <clears throat> really things that you can like you can show them once, and if if they haven't figured it out by the second time. You know, then they failed the test. They, they move on. <laughs> okay. um, but that's a way. That's a great way to, to start people because you you get a, you get a chance to 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 check out their work ethic and and if you can let them see what you're doing, um, very often they want to aspire to that. So right. it it uh, creates a, a, a an eagerness that they want to learn. And then when somebody wants to learn this business, it learns it's much quicker. Um, I want to talk about how you found those technicians and train them eventually um, later on in the podcast. But I just, I want to stay back in, in your, you know, early years. Yeah. In the early years. Um, 
at this point, you've, you've talked about adding three technicians plus yourself. Where did it go from there? You know, and, and how, how, how many techs did you build up to at one point? And well, at one point, we had built it up to 12, but for the, for many, for the most time, we were running eight. Okay. Um, when we ballooned up to 12 at one point. Um, um, but the way I found technicians was um, I found that I, I wanted to target people that were in the automotive industry because, so I would go into the service department um, and when I wanted to find a tech, I would wait for people to ask that question that everybody asks you, which is how's business? Sure. Because you know, that's a, a question everybody's going to ask you. Uh, and then I would use that as an opportunity to say, I'm, business is great, I'm so busy, I'm actually looking for people. Yeah. I would leave it at that because everybody knows something. And I found uh, technicians by, um, very often they were in the service departments and they were service writers. And they were pretty bored with their jobs. And okay. they would see me come in and they, they would comment, wow, you're always so happy and you always seem to enjoy what you're doing, I want to do what you do. Um, and what I liked about people from the service department is they're already used to talking to people. They, they're, they're used to right. doing sales without really understanding they're doing sales. Right. And, um, and they understand the service side. So, yeah. Because it's service that I was always pushing. I was never pushing um, sales. I was pushing service. Right. Because that's, I find, the, the one part that we can, we can demonstrate to our customers which, um, you know, this is a very unique business because um, like some of the businesses that were talked about in the seminar, um, like Walmart and things, they have to do things to attract their customer to bring them to them. Right. Right. Where we can do that also, but we have, we have the unique ability, we can go out and we can drive the business. We can... We can go after and target certain markets, right. and it's it's not as complicated or as difficult as a lot of people believe. It's just a case of actually just going out and letting them know you're there. And sales really becomes an extension of service at that point. It is it? exactly yeah. an extension. Of service. You, you use a term quite often called it a vacuum. You just create a sales vacuum. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you mean by that exactly? What, what what's the, the the concept or the or the vision there? Well. <clears throat> um, it's interesting how the, the phenomenon works because when, when you're a one-man operation, um, you can generate a certain amount of volume of work. Right. But when you bring on a technician, you're now doubling your capacity right. of service, which does create a vacuum for more business because the more you can do, the more you will do. Right. And generally, when you can... Um, and whether by default you go out and you start a little bit extra marketing or, um, but really what you're doing is you're, you're increasing your, your, your level of service. So when it comes to, if you're servicing the automotive market, for example, um, your response time is much quicker. Right. Like that's the one thing that I found nobody could, no competitor could touch us on how fast we could service a call. So, okay. um, because in the automotive world, very often, you know, the car's going out, and it's going out, you know, or it's going out this afternoon. Yeah. They need a fast turnaround. Unlike the, the furniture um, market, that's not as common. Right. I mean, it does happen. Right. Um, We've said it before, there's rarely a leather couch, leather repair emergency, right? Like, it's just, 
Yeah, I mean, unless they <laughs> notice something when they're about to deliver, when they're loading the truck or something, yeah. you would get the odd call. But that's that's very rare. Yeah. Um, and if you're servicing, like, the furniture stores that we would be working with, we, we were also doing, um, like, regular uh, touch-ups in the... In the uh, in their department, like before they get loaded, right. kind of thing. So okay. we were regularly taking care of that. So those those kind of emergency calls were, yeah. were very rare. Yeah. yeah. Um, same with the medical industry. You know, you don't get emergency calls. You know? <laughs> Oddly enough, it's yeah. kind of ironic. But <laughs> and and the same with scheduled calls, like like um, furniture, like retail calls, or you know whether it, you know when someone has a tear in their in their in their furniture um, whether it's done today or you schedule it in for the end of the week or even into the next week is isn't as critical like, um, in, in your support role now um, you you're doing a lot with franchisees in, in business generation and that obviously means sales and it, you've got such a different perspective on sales um, I, I want to go even deeper with you on that and and talk about Things that you hear commonly from franchisees about about the stigma of sales, and and what are when you hear that when you hear about about fear, um, whatever it is about sales, how do you start to reshape the thinking? You know, what are, what are some of the common things you start to talk about? Um, well, I start to get a sense that they aren't doing them because generally, in once someone starts to actually go out there and do some sales calls, I mean, unless they're not doing their, the call properly, um, it does generate it does generate a return. Right. So, um, and I, I, I speak to a number of people that when they do actually, you know, go out and, and motivate themselves to get out there, um, they, they get a response like they, they they don't get too many doors slammed in their faces yeah. um, <clears throat> and if they are um, then we have to look at you know what's their what's their approach like how are they how are they just actually doing the call so um, so do you start to develop a plan with them at that point and say you know let's just chunk this off and set some objectives um, for, for call one call two call three and that's all you have to focus on Right, so here's your first step. Let, let's let's do that, and then we'll talk about the next step. After All right. Well, if I so you're talking about an initial cold. That's call. right. Yeah. Well, on an initial cold call, I have the I go with the um, um, I have certain objectives that I'm trying to. My my only objective is to just make contact. Right. I'm just to let them know, I'm I'm on the planet. I'm and that's here. it. That's it. Yeah. I just yeah. just gonna walk through the door. And they gives them an opportunity to see that I'm here, and that's what I like about a physical call versus a an email or, or um, any other motive is because you can get right in front of them. They yeah. can actually see who you are. Um, so on the follow-up call, the next call, which is where a lot of people I find have difficulty, is making that follow-up call. Is if you have a number of objectives, my second call is to do is to just remind them that I'm that I'm there. So I just walk through the door and say, hey, I'm Paul from Fiverr New. I was just in the area. Just wanted to stop by and see if you need anything done. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm giving them an opportunity to, um, 
take advantage of the service while it's there, which doesn't happen very often. It has happened, but but I don't expect it at that point. I thought you were going to say give, give them an opportunity to take advantage of me. <laughs> 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 yeah, they could do that. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, my objective on my second call is to do is is to say a couple of words as I'm leaving, which is, you know, because you'll get this. Uh, expect them to say first of all, expect them to be surprised to see you, like like give you that. Well, what are you doing here? You again? Um, you yeah. We already I already told you I got somebody. I got a guy. <laughs> But my objective on the second call is to just is to just tell them as I'm leaving. Okay, I'll see you next time. So then you warn them. I, <laughs> fair warning. I'm a con. So on the third visit, uh, my objective is to do the same thing, except I want to shorten my time frame. So as I'm as I'm leaving, okay, I'll see you in two weeks. So now I'm setting up. Expectation almost. Yeah. I'm coming. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, and then eventually you will, you know, sometimes it takes more than four attempts, but uh, eventually you may stumble up upon the time where they just, now they're used to seeing you on a regular basis. And, you know, sooner or later you'll stumble on a time where they need something done. Right. Or, oh, can you look at this? Or, or they want to, now they want to test you on, on, um, uh, well, I want you to look at that. I don't want anything done. I just want you to look at it. Okay. Well, once you're at that point, <laughs> I got you. You're in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Because you said, I mean, I know it'd be different for every business and every every type of it's person not. you would deal with. But is it like after five or six times, typically, or seven or eight times, or I mean, what, what was kind of your law of averages with that? Well, I could tell you. The, I could tell you the longest one. Okay. Um, there was a large dealership that I was. I I was after. I wanted. So, I had been doing that process. I was calling on them every three weeks, for two years. Okay. <laughs> two years. Okay. <laughs> they were always very polite. Um, they were. They you know they always they knew who I was by then, but, but they I was just not getting anywhere. Okay. So one day I'm pulling into the um, into their lot and I see the uh, the used car manager, who is talking to a, a customer. Okay. And as I park my truck, I see him wave me over. Uh, so he he uh, introduces the customer and says he's looking at this particular pickup truck but if there's a burn in the in the uh, front seat can you go can you go fix that for me sure <laughs> so as I'm walking away the customer says to the used car manager well is he any good and the used car manager says oh yeah he's been coming around here for years <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth <laughs> it was the truth but after that I I got all the work steadily from from uh, uh, from then on. But we're, and we're talking like 25, 30 visits before you got that one long one time. cigarette yeah. burn. <laughs> okay. Well, they turned out to be my biggest customer. There you go. Uh, cool. And I had a very good relationship with that used car manager. And I even asked him one day. I asked him why did it take so long for you to um, to to start using chance. me? Yeah. He said, Well. And he, his answer was pretty interesting. He said, well, I'm not going to start 
some somebody new, get all the paperwork, get this, get somebody who's going to be here today and gone tomorrow. Ah. So I need to know that your test of longevity. I looking for long term. Interesting. Okay. So that um, made me realize that it's relationships that are are that you need to build. With. I wonder. Do you think that would be different now for franchisees with how many technicians we have and how many franchises where they can actually say, you know, we're a long-standing company. We've got 30 years in here. Um, I'm, I'm a, I am a new representative in the local area, but we've got 30 years and, and, you know, 250 locations. Do you think that would take some of that like test of longevity out of the thought process of a, of a manager? Because um, back it, then, I mean, there were only a handful of franchises, right, when you were doing this. So Yeah, it was not, it was not a, a well-known name. Yeah. Um, that's always, I would say, always yeah. a good... Yeah. Um, so you might take that 25 or 30 calls down to 12 or 15. <laughs> well, that was the only one that took that many. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and yeah. it happened to be, they were, they were located in a way that I was, I would drive by this place almost every day. So yeah. to stop in... It was, it was, you know, became like a game. It was a game. Yeah. The whole, this whole business is a game, yeah. right? So, yeah. it, um, um, but it works if you if you stick at it, 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 it works. But because you're showing a service, and you, that's what I liked. And and with with some dealers, um, we introduced um, the 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 service of checking their lot on a regular basis, yeah. which no one else was doing. So it was it was. Um, um, but it, and that meant that you would, you know, I would have a route uh, of the dealers, and, and each day had a different route. Um, so I would check on, and, and you check through the car, through the through That's the what cars. You did. And what was nice is that the, when you're at the beginning, is you could pick and choose the jobs that you want to do, um, and. Um, you know, it, it, it's 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 still a way to 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 go after the automotive. Is and did that process work in in the industry you went after? I mean, in every industry. Okay, you went it didn't after. doesn't matter. No, no, not no. Not, Furniture not, stores, we did the exact, exact same, same process. Okay, medical, just, you name it. Well, the medical's easy because um, the medical is is. Um, you know what I liked about the medical part is we would start with the small. Um, you know the small independent physiotherapy clinics or, or, or uh, uh, chiropractic clinics, and it, we didn't really notice how many there were until we started looking how many there were. And there, like, there's a physiotherapy clinic on every street corner. I mean, there are so many of them, yeah. and many of the small independent ones. Well, the, the owner is a physiotherapist, so. It, in many times, so they're they're on site, they're in the building. So you're you're speaking to the decision maker, and and they're a very simple call. So you know you're, you're and we had um, flyers made up that were just for that industry. Um, so we would just and you know the sales call is very very complicated. You walk in the door <laughs> <laughs> and you speak to the receptionist and you say hi. You know we're just in the neighborhood letting you know we're here and this is what we do and wonder, yeah. wondering if we could be of help and you speak to them with the understanding that they need your service right. because they all these tables that they're working on are wear items so eventually they have to do something right. so you're, you're giving them you're, you're, you're showing them a solution so that reminds me of a concept you told me once that you should all always assume the sale 
Absolutely. Right? <laughs> like just, you, you know, walking into a business, that they're, they're going to need you eventually. Mm-hmm. And if you have that in mind, that should bolster your confidence like crazy, right? Thinking, I can help them. They're going to need me. Maybe today's the day. Maybe two weeks from now is the day. But that's got to help your, your psyche walking into a sales call. The days are coming. They're yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually once had a, uh, I was making a, a call and the, the customer uh, or the, the prospect, I'm, I'm, he's giving me this funny look. Um, and I think I was about eight years into the business and, uh, and he's... You get that a lot, though, don't you? Well, I'm... (laughs) (laughs) For different reasons, yeah. But, and and he he asked me again, he said, can you repeat how long you've been in this business? I said, well, about eight years. He says, you've been here eight years and you're only coming to see me now? (laughs) I was a little surprised at that response, but it... It told me that yes, we there are people out there that need our service, and a lot of them want it. So, and he's basically, why did you take so long before you came? To, I need your, how dare you? Man. How dare yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So just, let's just recap that quickly because I think that this is this is important, and um, I know it, it's it's a process that that many sales professionals use in in a bunch of different industries, but it's always having an objective for each call you make and just it that just makes it bite size right, right. So, they're small objectives yeah not thinking you're going to land the sale the first time because if you don't you're devastated right, right. so it, it's it's the tiny little goals every single time that eventually lead up to to eventual work it's a great concept yeah have a plan have a plan yeah yeah don't expect it on the first time we talked about the uh, the marriage thing there yeah <laughs> Let's paint the analogy here. So, you're well, high school dance. Yeah, you're take it away. Well, I mean, some people get get surprised. You know, they they think if they've made a sales call, that they've done everything, and they they haven't got a response. They're not interested. Well, <clears throat> I use the analogy of let's say you're at the high school dance. And you, it's your it's your first time coming to this school. Like, so you see a girl that you you like across the you know. Can you walk up to her, introduce yourself, and say, I would like to marry you today? What do you say? <laughs> what do you say? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> what are the chances of her saying yes? They're pretty remote, right? Yeah. You have to build a relationship first. Yeah. So it's the same in sales or, or, or in, in building the business. Yeah. We, you know, <clears throat> we have a service that we can easily um, promote. Yeah. So, and and there's a, there is a, a constant need um, this is a multifaceted business there there's a constant need for it so to present it is is what we really that's all we're doing is we're, we're just giving people an opportunity to know we're there yeah that's fantastic the other thing we talked about is um don't always believe what you're told from a client and let's just call a spade a spade especially in in the auto industry right yeah. well they they all go to the same school right okay um so it, it's and it, it is all a game to them too. So I mean, when you walk in, and when you're trying to, if you're new, when you know we're all new at one point, right? So when, if you believe what they're telling you, um, that's what they want. You know, when they want, we got a guy, <laughs> even <laughs> yeah. though they probably we got don't. Two, we got guys we've been using for twenty five years. How long you had your business? I we've been open two years now. <laughs> <laughs> they, 
they are going to tell they're going to push you away they're going to they're going to they're going to see you know what have you got like um <clears throat> so i mean i remember hearing uh, pricing that was like ridiculously low that people couldn't actually do the work for um we have a guy and he'll, we get a he'll guy, do it he can, for x amount. he can change that this is back in the in the you know late 80s and early 90s oh he can change the side of that seat for 35 bucks no, <laughs> yeah. not even close. Okay, yeah. um, uh, or or you know we we've got a guy we we've, we're happy with who we've got. We get great service from the you know when they tell me they get great service, I like yeah, that's good. That's what I want to hear. You're getting great service from that guy. You don't know what great service is yet. So okay, okay. <laughs> I can show you what great service is. Um, I had one, I had one car dealer that. Um, I wanted to get, uh, but they were, my comp, my competitor was heavily in there. Entrenched, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but this car dealer was on the corner of a, of a busy street, and right beside the dealership was a, a restaurant that I would go to lunch at regularly. So I would park my, uh, my van at the, which was a lettered, at the, um, at the corner of the, the used car lot, which was, right next to the to the sidewalk so you could see it from the street yeah. and I would go to the restaurant <laughs> and I did this regularly for about two months um, and and a couple of things happened well I got, I got a uh, over the intercom as I'm parking um, over the, the loudspeaker they, they can the fiber new guy please come to the service department I'm thinking, oh man, <laughs> I'm busted. They're gonna, <laughs> I'm getting thrown off the lot. So I go in to see the the, uh, the service department, and they said, um, "Oh yeah, I see you're here a lot. <laughs> you think you can uh, do the work for us here?" <laughs> How cool is that? <laughs> and then a little while later, because now I'm parking there legitimately to do some of the work for the service department, the used car manager. Um, uh, comes in to see me and he says uh, do you think you could come and do a couple of cars for us I said I thought you had somebody he says hey, he doesn't come around anymore <laughs> <laughs> apparently as I found out later he saw my truck on the lot and thought that they were using me so he and just kept he got, he got very offended and, and, and intimidated and then wouldn't come back wow so <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's 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 being bold in one sense, but it's having fun at the same time. It was fun, and and there's no harm in it, <laughs> no. right? So it and it works. And I never <laughs> knocked the competition. So. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good story. I like that one. <laughs> what are what are some other things that that you did that were a little off the wall? Yeah, bold. You know, things that that worked for you that uh, made you stick out from from the competition. Well. Um, Occasionally, if I, if things were slow, um, I would uh, I would walk into the service department of a of a dealership and I'll say, uh, and, and many of the service departments have, you know, four or five service writers. Right. Uh, so I, I'd come in and walk into the service department. And say, hey, uh, did somebody call Fibernew? <laughs> and then they're all scrambling. Well, I don't know. Was it me? Did I have something? I, and a couple of times they said, oh, uh, well, I didn't call, but 
I, I, you know, Actually, I do I've have... forgotten that I need it, you know, that I got something. And uh, it, it <laughs> got me some jobs. And nobody ever noticed, right? So, cause, well, it wasn't me. And sometimes it didn't work. Sometimes you, you can't do it every week, of course. Yeah. But uh, occasionally you could come in and do that. And um, because it was a common thing, you would, you would get a call from the, or you would get a message from the service pharmacy, you'd come in and you weren't quite sure who the service writer was. So you would just say, hey, did, Somebody called Fiber and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're here. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So I just put the practice in motion. <laughs> that, that was your foot in the door. Just That was my foot in the door. Yeah. And how I got um, some of my newer technicians that didn't understand sales, I would just tell them that there was a car to do at that dealership. Go see the used car manager. Um and I wasn't doing work at that dealership. <laughs> so he goes with the assumption that there's work. And then the, it just happened at that particular time that it was a new used car salesman, um, used car manager there yeah. in his first week. So when my technician showed up assuming he had work to do, the, you, the used car sales uh, manager assumed, assumed that he was the guy. <laughs> So he just said, well, I don't know what it was, but I, I got to find you something if we called you. So they they got him, a, they found a car for him to do, and then we just started keeping going back ever since. <laughs> the thing I like about this is like we're, we're telling these stories and we're laughing because it's fun. It right? is fun. Yeah. yeah and and um, I think that, that's the thing with sales is you got you to find a way to have fun with it. And, and don't be wrapped in fear. You know? <laughs> Do these little games. To... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it it only it only backfired on one new, new technician once <laughs> 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 because uh, the, the the used car manager at the time knew my game and these. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, it was still. But that was still fun. <laughs> oh man, um, we talked this morning about the nudge factor with sales and we started to draw another analogy with um, weight loss and health and how all of us know generally speaking the foods we're supposed to stay away from the foods we're supposed to eat more of Mm -hmm. we're supposed to eat less and move more exercise yeah we're supposed to do all these things but um, so few of us do it can you Pass me the beer and the peanuts, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> and correct, it, yeah. it's it's similar in sales. I think with with a lot of franchise owners that um, they know they have to do it. Um, we show them how to do it. We give them tips like we're doing today on how to do it. But um, a lot of times that's not enough to give them that nudge to actually do it. Mm-hmm. So I wonder um, again in in your support role and talking with franchisees, are there, are there any things that you've found that um, like nudge factors that do get franchisees to make that first <laughs> that first step in, in, in developing a sales plan? Well, I, you know, sometimes we'll talk about um, imagining if the internet goes down for a week or a month. I mean, it's, these are things that really don't happen, but if we imagine not having a resource <coughs> right. available, right. Then do, what? We, do we have another, do we have a, a backup? Right. Or, or how would we promote our business and um, sometimes that gets people to understand that we need there's, because there's so many ways to promote the business we shouldn't be relying on on one and so if we try to identify which ones are 
which ones give us the best return? And <clears throat> although we're all going to have different opinions there, I mean, my opinion is still direct sales, walking through the door where they can actually see who you are um, and what you can do, then that still gets the fastest results. Um, because although we don't expect to get work the first on the initial call, there's been plenty of times where we do, right? right. I've, I've even had car dealerships where then, you know, the yeah. minute, the first day I walked in, they, they, you, they were looking for somebody, they, they had a need and, and you satisfied the need right away. So it's just a, it's just a process of time, right? Of, you know, if you can catch it on the first one, that's great. But if you don't catch it on the first one, you may catch it on the second or third or fourth or fifth or whatever it takes. Just like asking a woman to marry you off the hop. If whatever you, it you takes. You ask like, enough and exactly. eventually somebody will say yes. Or yes yeah, but... They got to say yes sooner or later, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you come to Vegas and you get married every 15 minutes. That's right. right? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so it's just, it's it start small and start in an area where you know there'll be uh, success basically to, you know, mm -hmm. get, get some energy and momentum going. That makes total sense. And with weight loss or diet, um, usually it's prompted by some sort of scare, meaning, you know, you, you, you go to your doctor for, for a checkup and, and he or she, you know, says if you don't lose, you know, X amount of pounds and watch your cholesterol, you're, you're in for it. Right. And I wonder if some franchisees need, need that scare in saying, you know, if you don't get on this on the sales plan, um, you're you're never going to take your business to where it wants to go. Right. You know? So, do you ever get into conversations like that where it's just basically there's only one way around this, and it's through it. Well, <laughs> it know? is through it, and and it's understanding that it's a process. I mean, we all get into the routine where well, we're we're too busy to do marketing. Right. And then when we're slow, well, it's when we have the time to do it. Well, right. <clears throat> that's. It needs to be reversed. You need to do your marketing. You need to do your sales calls. When you're when busy. You, when you're busy. Right. For one, your, your sales call is going to be a much quicker because you're busy. Like two, your, your confidence level, you don't need that work today. Right. Because so, I'm too busy. Right. I don't need that today. But I need that tomorrow. So I want you to know that I'm here. Not today, but I'm here for you tomorrow. <laughs> Let's be clear. About Let's this. be clear. Yeah. So, so it's and you, you get a lot more, and customers or, or prospects or whoever you're speaking to, they pick up on that vibe much better yeah. when you when you're when you're busy. Yeah, you've got um, swagger. You do. Yeah. Where when you need the work, I mean, you can you know you, you can't come in with the puppy dog eyes. Yeah. Um, and and the and the, the, the you know the, the quivering lip there, <laughs> face of nobody wants you when right. like nobody wants you when you're down and out right yeah. so so when you can do it when you're busy um, now for, when you can do, get yourself into that process um, and it doesn't have to be it can be you can start small but you, and that process can grow yeah. um, and it, it it takes some discipline but when you can do that you're always busy eventually like because you're 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 seeding enough calls in front of you you're planting seeds and, and they grow by the time you need to them yeah. by the time you get to them very cool yeah. very cool um and do you think a lot of that has to do with vision for the business as well i know i know this is something that that is really important to you and, and when you were building your business a sense of vision um there has to be a sense of business building attached to vision obviously i mean those two go hand in hand but 
I, I know you get into a lot of conversations with franchisees about the concept of vision. Correct. Yeah. Yes, because I mean, and and it's because we're either proactive or reactive in this business. If we if right. we sit, if we you know, if we sit and we wait for the phone to ring or or, or the the internet to provide our, you know, we're we're being reactive to the business. Right. And when we, which is fine for some people, they they're they're happy being, you know, doing what's coming in. Mm-hmm. That's all they want. But if you're if you have a um, if you want to build a business out of this business, that does require. You have to have your own Some vision. Proactive steps. Yeah, yeah. proactive. You've got to have a you've got to have a vision of how you want it to be, um, and when you can when you can identify that vision, um, you can then make a you you, know, you 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 know it's like the old saying that um, Tom Gallagher, who was the original, he would always tell me, "You plan your work and work your plan." So, <clears throat> if you have a vision, you can then make a plan. Right. And then it creates again. It creates a vacuum. That um, uh, for for the longest time, I I knew that I wanted to grow my business, yeah. but I had no didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to do it. I had okay. I didn't understand the concept of of um, of a business vision. And I yeah. I took a, a um, I took a course um, a business course through Dale Carnegie, and they were talking about you know having this business vision, and I did not. I did not understand what they meant. I had no idea what they were mm-hmm. talking about, and I kind of felt a little bit inadequate in this course because I couldn't really follow the concepts until uh, it was explained to me properly. Okay, which is if you don't have a vision, you've got you've got no compass to to, to follow. So, <clears throat> and once I under which didn't take much explanation before I understood it, but. Once I could understand that concept and I could build my vision, um, and you know, briefly, I, I wanted to add two technicians in my, you know, so in my vision, I wanted in my business visions in, in within within that next twelve month period. Okay. So once I understood the business vision that I had, um, I actually ended up adding six technicians over the next twelve months. Versus two. So, once you can understand the process that you need to follow, um, it, it removes the limitations. So you, then you can you can you can actually build it beyond what your expectations. And that's really about starting with the end in mind. So if, if the end in mind for you was you know by the end of X amount of months to have two technicians, it's what do I have to do in between well, now and a year from now? Exactly. To, yeah. now, now you now you have now you have to create a plan to make that happen, and yeah. you. And you've got you've got to follow certain steps so that you can um, so that you can make yourselves accountable for that to happen. But it also creates opportunities that weren't that were there but you weren't seeing. So, you know, if, if you've got a vision for something, it, it again creates that vacuum that you can then be aware of the opportunities that come up. Yeah. And you can take advantage of them. So, you know, you start if you're looking to add a technician, but for a lot of people they have no vision of what that actually looks like. So, um, and it's hard for someone else to give you that. I mean, you have to it has actually, to come from within. It's got to come within, yeah. yeah. Because it's going to be a little bit different for everyone. Yeah. And um, not everybody wants wants to be as big or as small, but um, it, it's it's really a, a very powerful way to get things done. Yeah. Yeah. It, 
I guess on that topic, it could be for some franchisees having a technician or two or three or six. Right. It could be having your business paid for by X amount of time. It could be a number of things, right? And that's all up well, to the individual. Correct. And what a vision actually helps you do is it helps you remove the roadblocks that you put in front. Right. Uh, and, and it helps you look beyond all the excuses that we make yeah. for not doing something. Right. Because right? Yeah. You know, just we, we, it allows us to, to start the process. Yeah. Cool. Right on. Well, um, I, I could see this conversation continuing. Um, Maybe uh, another time out on the Sunday morning after a seminar, but uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely pick this up and and uh, talk about other topics. So All thanks right. for your time. Man. Thanks, Jess. Okay. <laughs>